it's really critical that as organizations think about their DEI efforts, that they really start with strategy and ensure that they're tying appropriate measures to it. What gets measured gets done. Welcome to There's a Better Way. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, professor and academic director, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss how business principles can provide solutions to problems we may face in our professional and personal lives. This program is brought to you by Fisher Executive Education. Welcome to There is a Better Way. I'm here with uh, Ms. Aisha Allen, Vice President uh, of Engagement, Culture and uh, Diversity and Inclusion, and she's also the Chief Diversity Officer at Ohio Health. Welcome to the program, Aisha. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you today. So Aisha, for our listeners out there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and where you've been? I know you've been a proud EMBA student as well as a bachelor student from Fisher. So thanks again for all the things that you do. Uh, tell us more about yourself and where you are right there at this point. Yes. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I did my undergrad at Ohio State and proud graduate of the Fisher College of Business. Um, I had a major in HR. Um, and had been fortunate enough to intern in HR um, all throughout undergrad. And so um, I was left as a true undergrad, I figured I had HR figured out. And so I decided to pursue a career in consulting uh, when I graduated. So I started my career with what was then Anderson Consulting, now Accenture, um, doing business process consulting. Uh, Did that for a couple of years and decided to pivot back to a traditional HR career. And so from there, um, spent some time with Cardinal Health, um, went back to Accenture and HR, and then to Nationwide and now Ohio Health, really all in progressive, you know, HR roles. Um, I like HR, but I like the variety of the human resources discipline. Um, So I have worked as a business partner, college relations, organizational development, change management, um, I've had engagement and diversity work in my background, and now I'm leading engagement, diversity, and culture for Ohio Health. Um, as you mentioned, I am a proud IMBA alum, so um, I was the bleep cohort 13, I believe was our cohort, um, through uh, the executive MBA program, which was a tremendous experience. I managed to do that while also still working full-time at Nationwide. So. That is great. That is great to be a double Buckeye. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so I want to go back to your current role of uh, in the DNI space. But before I do that, so y- your your tenure and your work at Accenture and other organizations has been on the whole topic of change and change management. And, and now we are talking about we are in this day and age again. Uh, uh, just to give you an example of George Floyd, but there are so many other instances we see every day day about the the absolute importance of all of us to think about DNI differently. It's no more, again, something that uh, we care about uh, as just one entity, but everybody should think about DNI differently. So in your current role, Aisha, tell, tell us more about how you're trying to get that mindset going at Ohio Health. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, we're fortunate at Ohio Health. We had started our diversity and inclusion journey um, about four or five years ago, roughly. I think we're coming up on the five-year mark. And so we're unique from a lot of systems or organizations who really just started, you know, in this past year with, you know, the murder of George Floyd and other, you know, key events that really caused people to think about the world a little bit differently. We were down that path already. And so what's been interesting about our journey is really keeping people engaged in the work 
making sure that people remain passionate. You know, um, this is a, a tenuous time to be in healthcare uh, due to the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we really want to make sure that we're continuing to bring our folks along, understanding that there are real competing priorities. Um, and so really making sure that diversity and inclusion is a part of who we are and how we do things and keeping that integration you know, at the forefront. Yeah. So I, again, like having being a student of healthcare myself, working in the healthcare uh, as a researcher, I find this is absolutely important because again, uh, some of my studies show that again, like there is uh, uh, equity issues in terms of healthcare delivery and people who are actually coming from the underrepresented minorities, they are the ones where we've got to go more and, and, and actually like develop more healthcare systems around those lines, right? So, so tell us more about like if you, in your role, in your current role, what are you doing in terms of again, get, addressing this gap? Because we know this gap exists everywhere. So what are some specific examples of initiatives that you have done at Ohio Health to address this gap? Yeah, so we've been very intentional about number one, bringing awareness to healthcare disparities, because you're right, it exists, people know about it, um, but it's not always clear. And so what we've tried to do with our workforce is really help them understand um, where we are seeing those disparities, helping them understand what our communities that we serve actually look like, and being very intentional about how do we create care access for those underserved communities. And so that's really been one conversation, but two, then connecting the dots. So we have you know, partnerships in the community. We have a Wellness on Wheels, which is a mobile unit that we can take out into underserved communities to provide you know, primary care and women's health access. Um, but the important part is really helping our folks connect the dots because we're doing that work. The other piece that we've been very intentional about is wanting to ensure that our workforce looks like the communities we serve. It's very powerful um, and impactful to have diversity in your care team uh, for patients to come in and see representation of themselves, to have interactions with um, physicians, nurses, anyone who they may interact with who has some shared cultural experience. And so we have been very intentional about ensuring that we are recruiting. Uh, we, we've really focused on leaders uh, the past two years um, that are diverse so that we can start to build out an organization that really looks like the communities that we serve, um, which has historically been an opportunity for us that we've really leaned into uh, recently. Okay. So, so even if I reflect back the last couple of years, Aisha, again, um, uh, there is also this whole disruption going on with COVID-19 pandemic. And, and, and in your uh, role at Ohio Health, have you seen that that is even more impacting some of these uh, underrepresented people because of, again, access being a big issue? And what are some things that you've been doing? Because once you have COVID-19 pandemic, then access becomes a big question mark because how do I now go to these places? How What is safe? What is unsafe? What are some ways that you're actually solving these problems that Ohio Health? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I think one that was really, really clear or clear earlier in the pandemic was around vaccination. Once we had the vaccination approved, vaccines approved, and wanted to roll those out, we became very cognizant of the fact that we have to create access in different communities. There was a lot of concern about vaccine hesitation in minority communities, African-American communities. And so we very intentionally partnered with different organizations and groups to make sure we were creating access. So for instance, we had a partnership with the Urban League where we offered vaccines 
in the heart of communities that don't typically have access to healthcare um, because we wanted to uh, mitigate that disparity for vaccine access. So that's you know a really tangible um, example of something that we've done, and we've continued that work. You know that's what that looked like earlier in the pandemic, and now we are still trying to ensure that we have vaccine access across the board for uh, different communities, particularly as now we think about if there'll even be a third shot that may be required at some point. And so that is work that is ongoing and very intentional. Um, we also continue to ensure that we have um, you know, access across the board, which unique about Ohio Health that sometimes if you live in Columbus, you forget is we serve all of Central Ohio. So we are, we have, um, you know, hospitals in Athens, Mansfield, Marion. And so we also have an opportunity to ensure that there's access available to some of our more rural communities um, so that as they need care, whether that's vaccine access, direct care for COVID-19, that those care sites have the support that they need to really provide that care. And we've been able to do that. Um, you know, again, I think we had that mindset coming into the pandemic. It just was about creating a different perspective to ensure that we're delivering care um, in what is truly an ever-changing environment. That is great. So I want to go back to your, uh, again, your uh, education at Ohio State, Fisher, uh, in particular, both your undergrad and your uh, executive MBA. Were there instances in those uh, experiences that helped you to form who you are at this point? And, uh, and were there some experiences that you'd like to share today? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think for me, um, I'll maybe tease out both undergrad and grad. I think as an undergrad, what I really appreciated about my academic experience in the business program was getting different exposure to different disciplines. I am one of the few people that knew they wanted to major in human resources. You know, most people fall into HR somewhere in their career. I came into school with that being the focus and the target, um, but being able to get exposure to finance and accounting and marketing and operations in, in meaningful ways, either through coursework or internships, um, I think really gave me a good perspective as to how to connect the dots. I think, you know, early in my HR career, I would have people come to me and they'd be like, I love people. I want to be in HR. And I would always laugh and say, well, then HR is not the, you know, world for you because you don't always see the best of people when you're managing kind of those frontline issues. But it helped me learn to connect those dots between the people and the business outcomes. HR is its most impactful when it's truly a strategic partner. And you can't do that if you don't understand the operation, um, the customers, all of those different pieces. So I think my undergraduate education really helped me connect those dots, being very obviously not having a whole lot of real life experience. Um, I would say for the graduate program, it really was mindful and impactful for me to really dive into diversity of thought. Um, we talk about that term a lot, but there's something very powerful sitting in a classroom with people from all different industries, all different um, functional backgrounds, different levels of experience, and to have some of the conversations we would have just around topics that weren't necessarily technical learning, but just broader business um, topics that we could talk about, even some of the ethical topics. There's so much to learn in that environment. And, and that was truly, I think, the most impactful part of the program. But it also 
stayed with me because when I've got to solve a problem, I can call my friends in HR. That's great. But I'm going to reach out to people of different backgrounds because that's where the the magic happens, because there's going to be something um, that you haven't really thought about or leveraged. So those those are the two things that as I look back, I have carried forward with me um, and will continue to carry forward with me throughout my career. That's great. Again, the, the whole diversity of thought is absolutely important because problems are not just like a, like you just mentioned, an operations problem or a marketing problem or a management problem. Right. It cuts across everything, like you just said, and the diversity of thought gives you to approach problems differently. So I'm glad that you had that experience. So, so I want to go back to your current role right now, because as you can already imagine, several organizations are, are like uh, coming out strongly uh, with the mindset of, okay, we've got to make a difference. And I've and I've seen more organizations saying, I'm going to pump in dollars of investment on DEI. And, and but then most often, some of the organizations I actually study and even talk to them say, where do I start? I mean, I mean, like so many things to go, there are so many competing demands and all those things. Where do I start? So let, let's think about an organization like that who wants to really make an impact on DEI. Like you just mentioned, it's not just about training, it's not about it's about recruiting and all those things. Tell us more about what are some lessons or what are some things that you can tell them to say, here is a path for you to actually think about uh, getting your organization embedded with the DNI culture. And here are some things that you should do in the first few years of the DNI transformation. What are those things? Yeah, be? well, I, I think it's always important to start with a vision of the end in mind. It might not be the end, but where do you want to go? What are you trying to achieve? There are some organizations um, who may simply just want to create some awareness. And that's good. It's a great place to start. There are others who can tie their DEI strategy to business outcomes. Um, you know, similar to Ohio Health, we're looking at the communities that we serve. So this isn't just a feel good. This is something that's going to make us better at what we do. And so I think it's it's really clear starting there to understand what you're trying to achieve. Um, and with that, the question that I think is imperative is how are you going to measure it? Um, what, you know, what gets measured gets done. And I think that's true in every organization. And so when I hear of organizations who are starting um, their DEI journey, it's always a question of, okay, so how, how will you know you've been successful? Is that representation? Is that associate engagement scores that tell you how people feel about the workplace and that people feel like they belong in the workplace? really understanding what are those measures. And then it's about building out, and this is where I kind of put on a change management hat, is what's that strategy to mobilize the business to bring people along? Um, in today's current climate, you know, DE&I can be a polarizing topic. And so how do you create a strategy where you can really start to educate people about the imperatives both the social, the moral, the ethical, and I think very important to include the business imperative because that will bring those folks along who maybe don't have the same alignment from a, a, a moral or a social standpoint, but they care about the organization and see how this can drive the organization forward. And it's then gets into that training that you mentioned, education, helping people understand where you're going how you're gonna get there and also creating a space where people can start to examine their own biases um, that may be getting in the way of the work itself. And everybody has a biases, you know, that, that's, that's human condition. So how do you create a safe space where people can examine those to really see how that impacts their work 
and what they can do to remove those biases. So those are I, those are a few places I would start. I'm not sure if I got to the heart of your question, but. You got to the heart here. And let me ask you one follow-up question on that because you very nicely and correctly said uh, to measure some things, right? And the important thing is it's all good, but how do I know I'm making progress? So piggybacking on that question is how do you measure progress and what are some measures that you use at OIF Health to track DNI progress? So one thing we look at, and I mentioned this, is that we've had a very specific focus on hiring leaders of color to ensure our representation looks more broadly like the communities we serve. And so we have um, intentionally been measuring that progress. Every um, vice president above an organization has access to a dashboard where they can click at any moment and see where their representation is um, against any goals or targets that have been set. Um, that has been a goal um, at the board level. So that's something that is really top down for our organization where, you know, we're holding our leaders accountable to ensure that they're making progress. Part of that work is we are um, and have asked that all leaders, um, any open positions have a diverse slate of candidates. Sure. So as you start your interviewing process, we want to ensure that that candidate slate is diverse. And so that's another way that we've measured because we've measured exceptions. So we can look and say what roles did not have a diverse slate and why. And so that's another measurement we can do to learn more about where we're recruiting, how we're recruiting. Do we need to take a different approach? Um, it gives us a lot of intel about the marketplace and, and kind of what we're doing to move the needle. Um, other things that we look at, I mentioned associate engagement. That is has historically been um, a tremendous measure for us to let us know the engagement of our, our workforce. And, you know, there you're really looking at belonging. I think part of any good DEI strategy is you want to create a space where people see themselves and they feel like they belong. And so those associate engagement managers aren't always specific to DEI, but gives you the intelligence to understand if people have that connection to the culture. Those are very good starting points, Aisha. I think like as, as organizations starting about this, like some of these ways to measure progress would be good. Let me ask you one final question and, and I want to like hear your thoughts on it. So like, like I said, this is getting very pivotal for uh, for any educational institution is to think about DNI. And then the best way I always think about it is like, I mean, yeah, organizations are doing it, but uh, colleges and institutions have to develop these culture. So uh, for us, right, what, what are some messages that you would like to hear? Like, again, I know you've, you've, uh, you've been at Fisher, uh, you've done your undergrad and grad programs. Like if you were to re retrace back your curriculum on your undergrad and grad and, and, and think about what you're doing right now, are there some things that Fisher, any, any business school or any educational institution can think about as developing leaders? These are some things you need to focus on. I think it's a really good question. Um, when I think back to both my undergrad and graduate um, experiences, there's always a sense that organization development and human resources are kind of the soft side. And depending upon your focus, you don't always give that as much credence. So I think as we think about business education, I think it's imperative that we help students across all disciplines really understand the connections to creating culture and driving business outcomes. And I think sometimes it just gets lost in the shuffle um, that it, and having that just be intentional. And maybe there's even a course around it to really help people connect the dots. The other thing I think specifically to DNI, you know, my I haven't been in a classroom in a while. 
Um, I don't know if that is explicitly being taught now. I don't think it was, certainly not when I was an undergrad. Um, it was still kind of an evolving discipline and, and don't have recollections of it in my um, executive MBA experience. I think really educating people on what that entails, particularly business students, will be critical because people bring their, their perceptions to it. And I think, again, connecting those business lever dots for that business student will help them understand kind of what I said is not just a moral or social imperative or politically correct things to do. This is really an effective way to drive your organizational outcomes. And I think connecting those dots for our students will be so impactful. I think very well said. In fact, like just to uh, put you at ease, I think one of the things that we did in our EMBA program is actually hear like these thoughts and we've developed new electives on uh, on the whole idea of not just like teaching DNI for DNI, but how do you measure success? What what are some things that leaders you should do? Think about it. And it's one of the popular electives that our students always ask because they need to know where to start. So very well said about some of these things, Aisha. Aisha, I really enjoyed these conversations uh, with you. This has been a great thing. And congratulations once again on all the things that you do. You're making both Fisher and Ohio State proud. Um, uh, after COVID, like we would love for you to come back to us and like have some some of these conversations to our bright students out here. You know, I would love to do that. I am so grateful to Ohio State and the Fisher College of Business um, for just all that was poured into me during both of my experiences. So anything I can do to give back, um, don't hesitate to give me a call. I would love to come and spend some time with students. Thank you so much, Aisha. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. For more episodes or information about executive education program offerings, please visit fisher.osu.edu.